Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Lee, as your offensive coordinator, what are you expecting out of your offense on the field? Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm expecting, you know, first and foremost, a tough team. A uh, tough team. And I think after that, it really gets into uh, smart players. But you don't have to be a genius, but you have to be smart enough. And really uh, explosive players and guys that really play for one another. Um, we want to check our egos. Oh, hold on. We, we, you know, this is, you know, even from a coaching staff, you know, I say it's an ego-free zone. And once we get the coaches on that same page, you hope that the players will, will follow suit and go out there and play for one another. Gerard Mayo from yesterday. You heard it here live on Jones and Mego about 24 hours ago. I will continue to react to it, pick it apart, and take a step back and look at Gerard Mayo as the replacement for Bill Belichick. Especially now that you've heard from him again. It's been a while since the last time we heard from him. Uh, So you can jump in throughout the day on the phone. 617-779-7937. How confident are you in Gerard Mayo, his ability to get the Patriots back into contention? And I, I just haven't liked what I've heard Every time I've heard him, Mego, there's not a lot of concrete to give us right now. Free agency hasn't started. The draft hasn't happened. I get all that. But he didn't want even want to take questions yesterday that weren't about his coaching staff. Hold on. <laughs> the only thing he wanted to do was stab Bill in the back. Probably got his marching orders from Robert. It's like every time I hear from him, he's, he's nice. He deals with the media uh, much better than Bill did. He plays the game. But... I don't feel any better every time I hear from him. In fact, I feel like I leave with more questions than I go in with. So how confident are you in his abilities? This is really tough because what can you base it off of? We can only base it off of a couple press conferences and who we've known him from previous media availabilities. And you can look at the production that you can assume that he contributed to on defense over the past several seasons. And then maybe like you take away things from him as a player that you think will translate as a coach. I'm not deep in enough to know those aspects of him. I got to go with somewhat confident because we haven't seen him in action yet to the point where I'm going to look at him and go like, holy cow, this guy's terrible. Or like this guy really doesn't connect with players. 
So it, I can't put him in a spot where he's lost my confidence. I'm like starting at a neutral point and try to stay a little bit positive. Here's what I'll say. Because I know I want to direct this to the people who use statistics to say don't take a quarterback in the first round. Don't take a quarterback in the first round. Like who are those people? Give me who's an example of those people. Just like Patriots fans, uh, or are the there entire like... Marvin Harrison Jr. fan club? Got it. So like, yeah, you know, Marvin there... Harrison Jr. is a lock. Don't take so, one of these quarterbacks, first round quarterbacks. So Arkan's Arcan. in that camp. So Arkan, sure. Curran, who we normally talk to today, he's in that camp. So people like this, Curran, Arkan, that's who you're yelling at, okay? Because to me, this is about expectations. I do not expect Gerard Mayo to have the Patriots in contention next season. I really don't. I hope the season after that, maybe it'll be a different situation. Maybe they'll be closer. Maybe they'll be in the playoffs. I don't know if they'll be in a position to win a playoff game in year two of his stint as a head coach. But I look back over the last five seasons. So going back to 2019, there have been 23 first-time head coaches. First time in the NFL head coaches. Some of these guys were college coaches before. Some of them, a lot of them were coordinators, assistants, what have you. Okay. Um, there is a 21% success rate to the playoffs. One out of five. One out of five. In year one. In year one. That's good. You think that's good? It's not. If people act like out it, of you 23? Two act, you two act like it's a 0% chance. You two act like it's impossible. 21% tells you one out of five. So, one out of every five new coaches gets yeah, to the playoffs right away. Basically, yeah. since 2019, there has been one, and it, you can check my math on this, but I did this this morning. There has been one first-time coach each year that takes a team to the playoffs and that doesn't necessarily show sustained success just look at brian dayball uh two seasons back one of these coaches was matt lafleur who came into a golden situation with aaron Rodgers. so it's like you gotta look but at the statistics has, has proven and, he's proven he's a good coach right right, right. got back but with i'm talking Jordan about Love. like there's a big difference between going into your first stint as a head coach with aaron Rodgers as your quarterback versus Oh, crap, we're going to start with a rookie quarterback. Okay. All that to say, like, I can't say that I'm not confident because Gerard Mayo personally hasn't given me a reason to look at him sideways and go, like, holy crap, this guy. But I will say I don't expect it in year one, and it's certainly going to be an uphill battle. Okay, the the stat that I've seen kicking around, and I wasn't going to bring it up, it doesn't involve first-year uh, coaches, but it does involve teams drafting where the Patriots are. I think it's nine straight years. Teams in the top eight have made the playoffs. And I think it's eight out of the last nine teams drafting in the top five have made the playoffs. So, again, that's similar, 20%. you got a one-in-five shot of being a playoff team next year if you play it right, which is my point. Uh, but you can vote at Jones and Mego. How confident are you in Gerard Mayo's ability to get the Patriots back into, quote-unquote, contention? Define that how you will. Are you very confident? Are you somewhat confident like Mego? Are you not confident? Or are you totally dubious, Arkand? I'm not confident. I uh, was going to go totally dubious, but... I think with Mayo, he does have a lot of the tools and a lot of the things that I sort of check off and that I, you know, think can work for him. You know, he's a young guy. He connects with players. Like, a lot of the things that Mego said, I sort of agree with. I think that there's uh, uh, definitely potential there. I just sort of look at the state that this roster is in and how much can he really do to elevate it. And I don't know that there's a whole hell of a lot there. If they land on the quarterback, if they get this, if they're able to sign all these players, then I think he, you know, can steer the ship. But I'm not confident he'll be able to do it if they miss on any of those things. I don't think that Gerard Mayo on his own as a coach is going to be able 
able to lift this team, which I think is going to have a tough offseason here. I don't think it's going to be easy for them to sign the free agents that they want. So, you know, like that that's why I'm sort of stuck on not confident. And I feel like that's not really fair to Mayo because those are decisions that are going to be beyond him. But in terms of like how confident in his ability, his ability to get them back into contention, not very confident. Totally dubious. I'm totally dubious. It's like the worst combination. It's putting your trust in the Bill Belichick coaching tree and putting your blind faith in Robert Kraft. Because really, Robert sits up there and he says, well, I have a feeling about this guy. It's the same feeling I had about Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. And by the way, your Pete Carroll feeling didn't work. You were wrong. The Patriots got worse and worse and worse while Pete Carroll was here. Now, he was a really good college coach after a decade or whatever at USC. He proved to be a good NFL coach as well. I don't think he cited well. Pete Carroll really quick in that. I think he cited Pete Carroll as a mistake. He didn't go with his gut that time. Well, that he didn't go with his gut on Bill, but he also credits himself for hiring another future Hall of Fame coach. So to me, he's going with his gut now on Gerard Mayo. I don't trust Robert Kraft's gut. What makes you think, why on earth would you have faith in Robert Kraft? Other than his decision 20 years ago, what, what tells you that Robert Kraft has his finger on the pulse and is doing the right thing? He hasn't spent in a decade. On average, he's the lowest spending team over the last 10 years. And, like, he chose Bill over Brady. He went with his gut on that one. It was dead wrong. Uh, if you want to play the game with what we've been watching in Dynasty, he wanted to stick with Drew Bledsoe over Tom Brady. I got to trust his gut? I got to trust Robert Kraft on this? Hell no. So I don't believe in the Bill Belichick coaching tree. I don't believe in Robert Kraft's gut and his instincts on this one. I say totally dubious. Because I'm not confident in Gerard Mayo. I'm not. You can point to the defense last year. The word you used, I wrote it down. You say you, you can assume what his role was on defense. We don't know. That's what I'm saying. You would we be jumping know. to a conclusion. Right. We, we have no idea. Was it Bill? Was it Steve Belichick? Was it Gerard Mayo? Like, who was it even? You know? So, I'm not going to do that. I don't have a lot of faith in Gerard Mayo. But, if you get yourself a quarterback and you get players in free agency, all of a sudden, I do believe you can contend even with a coach I'm dubious about. It's a long way of saying it's about the roster, but I don't like the start they're off to this season. All I can evaluate is the coaching staff, the head coach, the bozos they trotted up there yesterday answering questions. And no, I'm not confident in any of it. I'm dubious about the whole thing. Now, why are you calling them bozos? Because because they didn't answer much? Yeah, because they're, I mean, on the offensive side, they're all bozos. Nobody wanted them. No one wanted Van Pelt. No one wanted Ben McAdoo, who I know didn't talk yesterday. But like the whole offensive side, bozos. I think that's the right word for them. See, I think my issue with Van Pelt, I don't think I would call him a bozo, but I'm pretty concerned about the lack of vision that we're getting for the offense. And this is something that we talked about a little bit yesterday. Doug Kide wrote about it in the Boston Herald today. Like, hey, we, you know, we are looking towards this Stefanski-style offense, which, by the way, is extremely run-heavy. It's like it is like establish the run and then find the passing game after that. So maybe they're just saying that because they're looking at Ramondre Stevenson and what they have. And that's literally, like, the only weapon that they have on offense right now outside of maybe Demario Douglas. And so maybe that's how they're looking at it. But I, I listen to them talk, and it's like, we're going to see what we get in free agency. We're going to see what we get in the draft. And it's like, no, what is the plan? Thank you. Like, who is the guy? If you're drafting a quarterback at three, tell me you have a guy. Like, I'm sorry, the guy. 
Tell me that you have your eye on the guy, that you believe in this guy, that you're in love with this guy, that you've crushed so much tape on this guy, that you're going to get him. Because otherwise, if it's like, well, whatever best player falls to us there, we're going to go with that and continue stacking and building. To me, that's not much of a vision. No, and, you know, a good coach, Taylor makes his system to the players and what he has. I mean, obviously, duh. I get that. But you don't have anything, so you can go anywhere. You're a blank slate. You can do whatever you want. And you still have to believe in something. Like, you got to adjust and make adjustments to whatever's forced on you as a coach. Again, there's nothing here. I agree with Mego. There's no building blocks. There's no nothing on offense. And so, uh, unless they're keeping Mac, which we'll get to. So, like, you can go any direction you want. And you still, even, even if you are getting away from what you believe in, you still have to have conviction and believe in something on offense. And it sounds like... He believes in run first, run to win a championship. I want a tough quarterback. I want a leader at that spot. It sounds like, Arkan, the quarterback is the sidecar, which I just don't I don't agree with and I don't think is right. Yeah, I don't love that either. I mean, he is also coming from an offense and a system that spent a lot of guaranteed money on a quarterback. So, I mean, I don't think that, you know, and it didn't really work out all that great either. So I think that there's maybe uh, the buyer's remorse coming from Cleveland. Right, but, that's but no he's reason also to, coached in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. That's true. And that's also, even if that is the case, no reason to carry that over into New England where you have the third overall pick and uh, a chance to get a franchise quarterback if that's the direction you want to go in. I, I think that this is more a case of them just playing things close to the vest because they have so much work to do on offense and they don't know which, uh, you know, which direction to really go yet based on the, the various factors here and if they want to trade in or out. And that's fine. I don't really have a big issue with that, they with any know. of them not wanting to, to come out and talk about that They right should now. know. I, they don't have to tell us, but they should know. They should have a really good idea. Are we trading back? Are we trading up? Caleb Williams is going one. I, I know that. I'm sitting here. I know that. They should know that. So you're picking between Drake May and Jaden Daniels. You should probably have a good idea because you're plugged in in the league what Washington's going to do it to. And then you make an informed decision based off of that. They should have a really good idea what they want to do sitting here today. You don't need to show up to Indianapolis to figure it out or see what's going on in free agency to figure that out. They don't know if they're going to Indianapolis. Well, Gerard Mayo's not, I don't think. (laughs) But you should have a really, really, really good idea of what you're going to do at three. You won't officially know until it plays out on the board in front of you, but you should really know. And you should be gaming that out and going through all the different permutations. That should be done by now. And I'm with Mego. I don't I don't think it is. And so I don't like the plan. And no, I'm completely dubious about the head coach, the coaching staff, the direction of the franchise. And until I see who they pick at three and what they've done in free agency, I'm going to remain that way. But all I, right, Bozo, thank you. I'm I do calling th- a lot of people Bozo now. Oh, it's like dude, my new thing. Dude. I do like it. It's a good, it's a, it's a nice little, uh, I don't it's think a it's nice very insult. nice. Mego didn't like it, right? I didn't it's like a, it. It's, a, it's not the, the harshest way of criticizing somebody, but Mego didn't like Listen, it. Listen, he's our Pillsbury Doughboy. Like, we like him, okay? I, I On our show, we, we like, like him. him. We like him. He's not a, he's not a Bozo. He's a Dozo. <laughs> 617-779-7937. your job. You can vote now at Jones and Mego. How confident are you in Gerard Mayo's ability to get the Patriots back into contention? Are you very confident? No one here is. Uh, are you? I- I'd love to hear why you are. If you are, you can jump in on the phones. Are you somewhat confident like Mego? Are you not confident like Arcan? Or are you totally dubious of this coaching staff and specifically Gerard Mayo? You can jump in there. We have Brian Scalabrini at 430. We'll talk some hoops with him as we do each and every week. We have Triple Play 445, Meg Splaining 530, and Bet Roulette, some picks for tonight at 545. First, here's Trending with Arcan, and when we come back, is Mac really still in play? Is that really still a thing? We'll do that right after Trending. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Adam Jones. Ah, yeah, what a bear did cocaine. Megan Adelini. This is some... Sh- Christian Arcan. Hey, Adams has a boost that I kind of like. This is Jones and Mecco with Arcan on WEEI. Filling up the offensive staff under Alex, did he make recommendations or did he have power over that hiring process? Yeah, I, I think one important thing is uh, for offensive coordinators is really to have the ability to have major input in hiring their own staff. Um, you want guy, you don't want to have to teach your coaches as well as now these guys are going to teach. You want them to have a fundamental understanding of your scheme. But in saying that, I would say it was a combination between, you know, Elliot, myself, Grow, uh, and AVP to really uh, nail the staff down. I'm nervous about the Mac Jones stuff. There is no doubt about that. I read Mike Reese today. It didn't help. <laughs> it's Jones and Mego with Arcan here on WEEI. We'll get to Mac momentarily. Our question is about the man you just heard, Gerard Mayo, who says your coaches need input on who they're hiring on the offensive side of the ball. And that's certainly not what Bill Belichick gave to Bill O'Brien yesterday. Mego and Arcan pointed that out. It's a good point. So... Subtle little shot at Bill Belichick. There were a few of those yesterday. And on top of it, okay, fine. Your offensive coordinator should be the one hiring people. I agree with that. They should have input. So now Alex Van Pelt is hiring people? Like, I don't I don't feel great about who's in that role. And that ultimately brings me back to how confident we are in Gerard Mayo's ability to get the Patriots back into contention. Contention. I, I don't know what that means. Does that mean Super Bowls? Does that mean playoffs? I think that means different things to different people. And so no one here said very confident. Uh, I'd like to hear from the people who do. There's 8% of you out there who are very confident in Gerard Mayo. Uh, You can dial us up, 617-779-7937. Most are concentrated right in the middle where Mego and Arcand are. Uh, Arcand, you're not confident. That's currently leading at 43%. Mego, you're somewhat confident, 42%. I'm completely dubious. I'm in the outlier on the other side of the very confident, about 8%. And... This is just the way I go about things, and we've talked about this, uh, honestly, a lot lately. I 
I need to be so I need to be sold. I'm not just going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm not giving Gerard Mayo the benefit of the doubt. You're saying you start at neutral, and then you prove to me where you go uh, negatively or positively. I'm assuming the worst. I assume the worst. It's the Bill Belichick coaching tree. It's again Robert Kraft's gut, which I don't trust these days. Those are already two strikes against him, no matter what he does. He needs more probiotics. Never mind your metrics. That's true. Probiotics or prebiotics? I don't uh, know. What is the difference? Can someone explain to me? I don't. It's a good question. Uh, it's all microflora. But you Ugh. you brought up all these all these uh, numbers about uh, rookie head coaches and making the playoffs the first it's time. Tough, right? So I don't. You're, get, yeah, I, I like that. It's like twenty percent, and you're painting that to be a positive. I mean, you guys act like it has no chance of happening. <laughs> Listening to you two talking, eighty percent chance it's not going to. Okay. But so, but eighty like, percent's a lot. It's seven, a big slice of the pie. It's seventy nine, number one. Eighty percent. You guys talk like it's zero. Like I'm telling I you, I don't talk like it's zero. I you do talk eighty percent. You absolutely talk like it's zero. You guys are like no chance they're making the playoffs. I say I really don't think it's. Ha- I wouldn't wager on it happening. Yeah, zero. You guys sound like you're talking about. They're like not zero. just some team getting a new coach. They're a four and thirteen team that has to completely rebuild their offense. Yeah, that's but, different from just any old team getting okay, a new coach not and maybe ev- making the playoffs. Not every team has a chance to get a quarterback at three. Sure. Not not every team has a billion dollars to spend in free agency. I'm exaggerating the number, but like the third most cap space in the NFL. Not every team has those things at their uh, disposal. And so I don't think that's a bad number. number but usually one. when you have a chance to get a quarterback at three overall, it's because you suck, like horribly suck. Yeah. They have to really rebuild everything on this offense. I just think that's going to take a while. No, I don't know. I, I mean, get it. I'm yeah. just saying 21% is a more encouraging number than I would have expected. That's all. And you guys talk like it's like 1%. It, it's possible, but it's it's not really Fine, I'll li- talk more like likely it's to happen. Yeah. I just, I, 21% <laughs> is not that bad. One out of every five teams uh, with a rookie head coach are making the playoffs. I wouldn't have guessed it's that high, to be honest. But looking at that number, why Why do you give any rookie head coaches the benefit of the doubt? Well, because sometimes it happens. And some rookie head coaches land in really, really good situations. Like I talked about Matt LaFleur landing in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers as a starting quarterback. That's not the situation you have here. But you look at what D'Amico Ryans was able to do last year in Houston. Now, he had a GM who had been in place for several years and was trusted and was trying to build up that roster. And more importantly than anything, I think actually had a plan. We can say, like, he actually had a vision for what he was doing there. Now, a lot of it had to do with not taking Bryce Young and taking uh, yeah. taking C.J. Stroud. But why are you making that face? Just, what was the vision? I don't get what the vision was in Houston. He was there for a few years. They made, invested in the offensive line ahead made, of time. He made one trade for Larry Tunsil. And then they went and got some, and, and then they went and got some weapons for C.J. Stroud. Isn't that essentially what the, you want them to do here? I just, those weapons, I mean, one, they got in the same draft as Stroud. Mm-hmm. And the other never did anything until Stroud got there. So I just think we're dramatically retrofitting what was built by Nick Casario. I mean, he did make a trade for a good left tackle. He also traded. He also got rid of Deshaun Watson, which when we're talking about Mac Jones is maybe the first step that you have to take towards changing your team. But yeah, So this team should absolutely move on from Mac. But you think that was his decision or ownership's decision? It was probably a combination. It I was, don't know for I would, sure. I would imagine ownership was shoving that out the door. But fine. I just... I don't think that roster's that good. I think they have a really good quarterback now, and he elevated everything. And I think that can happen here. I think that can easily happen. That could happen here. I think there's three teams that fired their coaches this offseason that could make the playoffs last year, and the Patriots are not one of them. I think the Seahawks definitely could. I think that the Chargers could, and I think that the Falcons could. I'm not guaranteeing it, but I think that all three of those teams could potentially be in the mix contending for a playoff spot. So there's your percentage right there, and that's more than 20%. So I think the Patriots, if we're just doing it by the 20% thing, have zero chance. Okay, that's fair. This why, that, at least at least embrace what you're really saying, Arkan. You yes. think it's 0%, so embrace it.
617-779-7937. You can also text us at 37937. I like the texts that have come in here today. Uh, the combine hasn't even started yet, guys. Shut up. I like this one, too. They have, they've been on the job for a week. I mean, when did he get announced? A month ago? I mean, seemingly like a year ago. Okay, well, no, <laughs> when did he get announced? A yeah, month ago? A month ago. Okay. Feels right. When was he assured he was getting the job? A year ago. A year ago. When was he starting to get an inkling he was going to get the job? According to Breer, two years ago. <laughs> or that trip that they took together. That To Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So like that craft talked about. They haven't been on the job for a week. And even if you were right, the combine starts next week. Like it's time it's time to get going. Like if they waited this long and he really had been on the job for a week, which is wrong. He's been on the job for a month officially, a year plus unofficially, and he probably started wrapping his mind around it about two years ago. Maybe to Mego's point, even longer again uh, a longer ago than that. Can you give him a bit of time to figure something out? I, I'm worried that Gerard Mayo has had this job for a year plus and nothing is planned. There is no plan to Mego's point. Well, it's also probably a year ahead of time of where he thought he was going to be. So maybe all of a sudden they had to ramp stuff up. The, the only knock that I can have against Gerard Mayo right now, because I'm looking at him individually and like what he brings to the table, is that I'm disappointed that it just became the Elliot Wolf show. That it just became, I know, every day, uh, that it just became Elliot, as my friend Gerard Mayo calls him. Yes. That it just became Elliot reaching out to everybody he knows outside of Foxborough and then trying to pull those people in. And that Gerard didn't have any contacts seemingly that he could reach out to or anybody else that he could lean on besides Elliot. All of a sudden it's the Elliot show. But these are why why I'm totally dubious. All these reasons you're – like all the things you're saying. That's one reason. That's one thing that's disappointed me. It doesn't align with you being confident or even somewhat confident. Well, that's not enough for me to look at it and be like, oh, my God, it's going to be a disaster. It's just Elliot on everything. And Elliot's going to be down on the sidelines with like Robin Glazer. And they're going to have hammers in the air that they're swinging around <laughs> and calling the offense. Because I'm not crazy. Like I'm gonna, I, I know we're in the business of we can't wait and see. But I do have to look at this. It's the same way that I talk about has so-and-so lost my trust. Like I mean, we've talked about this before. Well, not really, because I haven't seen it in action yet. Now, if we get in a mini camp and it's a cl- total cluster F, and we get into training camp and it looks like training camp has looked like the last two seasons, then I'll start to sound some alarm bells. Yeah. I, uh, if you don't know by now, I can see the future. Uh, you're making your uh, Robin Glazer uh, hammer joke. I, I, I made a joke last week Hers that, she is sma- bedazzled. that she smashed the tapes. And it turns out she kind of did. She was at least uh, picking. She's at least providing the hammer to smash the tapes and was picking up the pieces. Yeah, I, I think you're just lying about how much of the dynasty you've seen. Oh, I, so I've seen ahead. I, yeah. I, I'm a man of the people. This is Mego. all an act. I'm a man of the people. Mego, I've not seen ahead. Although I am. Look, are they going to drop tonight? They drop tonight, right? I believe so. Like it was nine o'clock last Thursday. So yeah. Now I said this to Cat. My mother-in-law's in town. And so I said to Kat, I'm like, I'm going to try to sneak in some episodes of the Dynasty. And she's like, I thought they didn't come out until Friday. I'm like, they, they were out at like nine last week. And she said, sometimes shows do that the first week. They drop them a little early oh. that first week. Mm. And so should I expect them at nine tonight or do I not watch them until tomorrow? guess we'll find out together. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we will. I don't I don't work for Apple, so I'm not sure. I just, I'm wondering when I'm going to need to watch these things. Megan's like, I've seen them all already. Yeah, so right, exactly. Uh, man of the people <laughs> over here, uh, uh, you know, blue-collar guys like uh, myself and Arkan, we're waiting to watch these like everyone else. We don't all have advanced screeners, Mego. 617-779-7937. Let me hear a couple of Van Pelt clips, and then we'll get to your phone calls here. Uh, this is Alex Van Pelt on his vision for the offense. See if you pick up on uh, any interesting phrases here. The same offense that Kevin Stefanski ran in Cleveland? Uh, I would say same, similar. I'd say there's a lot of similarities. 
um, again, it's those pieces of that puzzle. What what's available and how can we make those guys successful? But there'll there'll be similarities. Um, you know, I've taken pieces of a lot of different offenses uh, over my time, and um, you know, kind of melded those together in what's best for us at that time. Okay, similar. It's going to be similar to the Browns' offense, which I don't like. If this is your conviction and this is what you believe in, not a fan. Uh, he also was asked directly about Mac Jones and the chances of Mac Jones being your quarterback. Here's what he said. You mentioned that you had a chance to meet Mac Jones. Can you envision him being this team's starter next season? Right, you know, really right now, everything is on the table. Um, as we go through this process, we're really this last couple weeks, 10 days, have just been diving into who we are. Uh, trying to evaluate our guys, um, you know, a lot of people in this situation on staffs that have been here, they're doing free agency. Well, we're doing our guys as they are free agents. So we're trying to understand who we have here as well as looking at other players out there. But right now, everything is on the table and we're just still working through that process. When that time comes, I'm sure we'll, it'll be a, you know, a collaborative effort and we'll make the right decisions. Okay. Collaborative, number one. I know. Number two, I initially just saw tweets that they were talking about Mac Jones. I'm like, crap, what are we doing? Why are they doing this? Then I heard that clip yesterday, and I talked myself down off a ledge a little bit. Hey. Do you? <laughs> I just, I'm going back uh, in the dark places with those interviews every week. Yeah. Hello. So do you think there's a real chance he's the quarterback on this team next year? No, I don't think so. so I what think was if, that, if, What was that about yesterday then? I think it was just... <laughs> trying to not first of all trying to not make it look like Mac Jones has zero value because he may have little value to this team but you don't want to show that to when you're trying to execute a trade for you know a fifth round pick or something yeah, which Chad, I think he'll probably get Chad Graff wrote yesterday you dropped this in uh, a day three pick is what they're hoping for yeah so you're not going to be like <laughs> yeah we're moving on from this guy okay like you need to play the game a little bit but on top of that I just I like everything is on the table I think they're just a lot of what we heard yesterday I think was just like vague window dressing and didn't mean a lot and that's frustrating to me because I can only take it as hey what's your offensive vision can you tell me something beyond it's going to look kind of like the Browns similar Similar, yeah. yeah. But with the Mac Jones piece, like, I'm honestly not worried he's going to be back here. Okay. I me... think he's going to be gone. I think they're going to trade him. Let me read you Mike Reese. Mike Reese said some good things and some not so good today. Uh, Patriots scouts view the 2024 quarterback class, along with offensive tackle, as deeper than some previous years. Okay, good. I like that they, they're feeling good about the quarterbacks. They're also feeling good about the tackles. I don't love that. One high-ranking Patriots executive recently shared the organization's belief that without the right coach and quarterback, it will be a long road back to respectability. He goes on to make the point they feel they have the right coach. That's what we're debating today. And that's not necessarily an implication they're taking a quarterback. They need the right quarterback. Uh, he goes off on a tangent about the Lions and how they built their team, which is different than how some other teams have just gone out and found the quarterback. Lions drafted very well, especially last year's draft. I feel like their overall drafting is a little overrated, but last year they nailed it. Uh, Reese writes, could Mac Jones be the Patriots' version of Goff? High-ranking team officials point to several Belichick decisions over the last two years, from offensive coordinator changes to regrettable personnel moves that contributed to sabotaging Jones's development and crushing his confidence. So, like, and he goes on to say that, you know, there would need to be a U-turn or something like that uh, with Max develop uh, for Mac to come back. A U-turn to to win people back in the building, something like that. But high-ranking officials sound like they still kind of sort of believe in Mac. I don't love reading that, Arkand. Yeah, I don't love especially it on the heels of Van Pelt yesterday. I just also, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to really it's hard to really buy that. 
It just sounds like window dressing to me. It sounds like they're doing what Mego said, and they're just trying to make it. To, first of all, he's still on the on the roster, and they're still paying him. And second of all, they do want to trade him, and so they don't want to make it seem like he's a totally useless uh, spare part that they can't wait to get rid of. They don't want to cut him. They don't want to cut him with you know a, a quarterback who's cost controlled. That would be a terrible use of that resource. As bad as he was last year, I think that that's one thing they really want to avoid. And I get that. I don't think it's going to come down to him being the quarterback on the team next year. We saw those reports about uh, Jacoby Brissett and how they're into. Brissett set like yep. if he comes here then that means they're drafting a rookie and that those two are going to battle it out for that it's not going to be Brissett and Mac Jones let me give you a third option too it's in line with everybody just trashing Bill I mean it's in line with everybody just shoveling dirt on Bill's grave oh from, yeah I think it's both things from Kraft to the dynasty to Gerard Mayo yesterday like everybody just shoveling dirt on Bill yeah I can confirm that which I do think is deserved I like these texts three seven ninety three seven uh where is this? Jones, shocking that you're totally dubious about Mayo. You wanted Belichick gone, and now you're still complaining about Mayo? Well, you didn't want Mayo. Thank you. I just, I, how are those two? Th- I wanted Bill gone. So, checkmark. This was not my pick. This wasn't, this, this was not even close to my pick. Not even close to how I envisioned them replacing Bill Belichick. See, this is an answer to you asking me, like, how can you say that you're somewhat confident in Mayo? We sat here in, I don't know, October, November, and I think I picked Mayo as the successor and said, like, I would be happy with that. The only knock that I have against him right now is the Elliott stuff, is that all of a sudden, like, you had this big vacuum, obviously, when you have Bill Belichick out the door, and I wasn't expecting Elliott to come in and just fill all of it with his guys that he knows from other teams that don't have jobs anywhere else. We assume there would be a new GM. And maybe there still will be, but it's not going to be until after the draft, and they certainly won't be at the combine. And look, it's not Gerard's job to be to be GM. It's the craft's job to go out and hire a proper GM. And what? if you think that Elliot is going to be the GM, then just make him the GM. But it seems like they're just trying to skirt the process of having to go out and interview other people because they don't want to spend their time doing that. Or paying two of them, uh, which is well, you know, that too. potentially an issue here. Uh, let's get to some phone calls. 617-779. Before we do, can I just ask something here? Sure. sure. Why You expect them to be in the playoffs next year, right, John? Yeah. So then no, how no, do you not no, no, have confidence no, no. in Gerard I think Mayo? They, I think they can be. I already answered this, Arkan, if you were listening. I said I, they need to get the right quarterback and what they do in free agency. It's all about the players. So I'm dubious about right now Gerard Mayo. But if they put the right players around him, I'll feel pretty good about him. I'm sure I was dubious about D'Amico Ryans. Is D'Amico Ryans a great coach or do they just have C.J. Stroud? My answer would be they just have C.J. Stroud. So I'll feel better about Mayo if they have a good free agency and they draft one of these quarterbacks. If they trade back or take a tackle and sign a bunch of bums in free agency or do the Matt Bowen thing where they sign Christian Wilkins and uh, Jonah Williams and no skill players, I'm going to remain totally dubious in Mayo. That's so all. if they do draft and they do all those things and they do have a good team. No, I have my doubts about Mayo the coach. Okay. That won't change. So even if they do that, you don't think that Mayo can coach them back to back to contention? I think they'll get him because of their players, not because of their coaches. Okay, I, think plenty, I think plenty of teams make the playoffs with Bozo coaches. I think that happens all the time. Okay. Do you stick with our buzzword of the day? Bozo. Uh, Bobby is in Malden. Go ahead, Bobby. Bobby, hello? Hello? Hi, Bob. Hey, Bobby. Oh, hi. Sorry. Um, I think the Patriots' chances of making the playoffs is, like, close to less than 5% because – Last year, other than Judon, who was injured, they had really no Pro Bowl caliber players. And when you reference those teams, Atlanta, Seattle, Houston, they had some pieces that were in play, and they needed to find the right quarterback, but they also had a coach in place. So I think the Patriots are really starting from nothing. If I know you don't like Belichick and you wanted him gone, but if he was still here, I'd say you at least stand a chance 
no, of climbing like, back in the playoffs. I know, you, like last year when they won four games. Well, and the that's year before a good question. Do you feel more or less confident? Okay, do you I feel, feel more better about Mayo than with Bill Mayo? Yeah, hundred percent. I feel better about Mayo than I would with another year of Bill. That that I'll be consistent in. I said any anybody but Bill. Besides, like Bill's kid. Anybody but Bill. So Matt I Jones, you're such a homer. I feel better about Mayo than about so Bill. So positive. Um, uh, just to retort what he said, like again, eight out of the last nine years, a team in the top five has made the playoffs, drafting in the top five. So like, I bet a lot of years, teams in the top five go, it's gonna be two or three or four years to get into the postseason, and one out of those make the playoffs. Eight out of the last nine years. Jerry's in New Hampshire. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, guys. You know, I think one move that the Patriots could make, and I, I don't know about the scenario, but. You know, Russell Wilson, the name's been out there. They can get him dirt cheap. You're not going to go draft a quarterback in the first round and put him out there the first year. I think he would be a great addition to the team, and the quarterback that you draft, if they do get one, could learn after him. And then you spend so we, some we of your So we keep getting this call, Jerry. Time. Jerry, we keep getting this call. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to work well with a young quarterback. Maybe that's unfair of me to feel that way. He feels far too accomplished to – you know, share a quarterback room with the like number three Brian pick. Hoyer to, no, you, you know, the name you said earlier is perfect. Jacoby Brissett. He knows what he is. If he's lucky, he starts some games. Maybe he starts a whole year if he's lucky. But he knows he has no future as a starting quarterback here. He's a high-end backup, low-level starter. And that that profile doesn't have to be specifically Brissett. But, like, that profile is what I want. I, I don't think Russell Wilson fits that for me. Yeah, if you're, like, leaning heavily on Gerard Mayo building a culture here... I don't like Russell Wilson for that situation. Yeah. Now, I, I told you guys this last offseason, Wilson greater than Mac. I'll stand by that. You're probably a little better with Russell Wilson, but that's not my plan for this team. You'd have to go hog wild in free agency to make me feel good about bringing in Russell Wilson, and I don't think he's going to be a good mentor for a young quarterback. They're not going to like those high knees on the Patriots plane. <laughs> oh, my God, I forgot about that. Eating Turbulence. Subway sandwiches. Maybe that's part of why Robert Kraft got those planes reworked. What's uh-huh. more offensive? Wider eating, aisles. Eating like a big smelly sandwich on the plane or doing high knees while people are sleeping? High knees, high knees. but but stinky stinky sandwich is bad. Stinky sandwich is bad. It's rude. Especially uh, as a longer ready? flight. The more, the more you move, the better you feel when you get off of it. So I, I've got my secrets. i got my... Movements like, and then uh, tons of water. Wear compression stuff. socks. Ready? On the count of three, who's the most likely to eat a stinky sandwich on an airplane? Ready? One, two, three. Arcan. Arcan. Yeah, it's Arcan. It's Arcan. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll get to your phone calls coming up. I appreciate up. you guys. Let's go Broncos. Let's ride. <laughs> We'll get to your phone calls right. coming up. Uh, it's uh, it's a thousand percent accurate. We all know it. How confident are you in Gerard Mayo? Is Mac really back? What's the plan at quarterback? More of that coming up. But the Bruins won a fun one last night. Uh, some of us told you it would hit the over. Bruins win the game, uh, but they also lose a defenseman in the process. What does that mean for the trade deadline? We'll get to it next. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Get Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. Jones and Mego on WEEI. You chirped me last time, but I'm going to go off the page a little bit here. When you were young, you and Jordan made us really nice gifts when you were youngsters. And one of them, you made 
Oh, the golden tickets. And you know what? I looked over this whole coupon and it doesn't have an expiry date. So I'm cashing it in tonight, kiddo. A goal assist or 30 push-ups right here. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that right now, but I'll keep that in mind. They score! Jake DeBrus! Harry Edmonton writes a story! All right, love you, kiddo. Have a good one, all right? His dad, Louie, doing color analysis on Sportsnet up here in Canada, going coast to coast, and gets to call one of his son's goals at home. But this was just a dynamite shift here. T's and P's to Mego after last night. I got I to gotta be honest. Not your night, Mego, with Jake DeBrusque. Lighten it up. What are you talking about? Daddy DeBrusque is, you know, this pulling is... out golden tickets from his youth, his childhood. This is exactly what you want. What are you talking about? Jake DeBrusque is making you look silly. Uh, no, he's raising his price. Mego, if anybody falls for Jake DeBrusque scoring one random goal in Edmonton with Dada watching, then they haven't followed him his whole career. You think he's going to boost his trade value in the next, like, week, it's, couple of weeks? It's better than what he's been doing if you're trying to trade him. Hey, look at him. He's never been hotter. He's got golden tickets falling out of his rear end. Just, she hates DeBrusque, Arcand. It's just, it's a little uncomfortable. I actually how really much, like DeBrusque. Much, he was, I, as I said, when I was covering the Stanley Cup finals that lead up to that, he was very decent to me. He was a very nice person. Right. Do you want him on the team? Nope. Okay. It's uncomfortable, Arcand, isn't it? It's just, a the, the, just the hatred is just uncomfortable. Yeah. But he's decent. He's a decent person. Ah, he's a nice person. This he is like, was. He's very nice. It's like what I say about the Mac Jones interviews last year. I'm like, yeah, it's he was. It's not you, Jake. It's me. <laughs> I mean, Mac Jones is nice in the interviews, I guess. So what? That's I don't want that him on the team. That is kind of how I feel. Yeah, I don't, I don't pretend to like Mac Jones. I don't pretend well, to. Well, you know what? Not everybody says that about Jake DeBrus, <laughs> just like Mac Jones. <laughs> okay? I happen to like Jake DeBrus. So he wasn't nice to everybody is what you're saying? I don't know. People people think he has an attitude problem or something. Interesting. I don't personally think that. I mean, he sounds lovely. Is is he? Oh, he's he's out there hugging he's dad. Very nice in the dressing room. Making little uh, making little cards for his dad. He wanted to do thirty push ups. Re- really, what we found out is that he's so out of shape. He really doesn't want to do thirty push ups. Is really what we found. out. Do you out. want to do thirty push ups? No. Right now? God no. I would I would do my best to avoid doing. Th- Dude, I would do just about anything to avoid aside, doing thirty. I get I get served like the weirdest stuff on Instagram right now. Not as bad as Arcans, but just <laughs> weird stuff. So there bad. was I saw this video of this. This guy who was doing progressions of the toughest push-ups and he was like okay the third easiest is one-handed push-up oh, I can't do and the one he had done before that was the claps and I was like what could possibly be harder I than think... one-handed and claps could I do a clap I don't think so I can't do it I can do like three push-ups right now I couldn't do a one-handed I could push-up. do ten I could do ten I push-ups. think you could do ten yeah I could do ten but so he goes up it goes up I to could the do point 100. He was doing handstand push-ups. He was doing something called like a handstand Russian, which is where it looked like he was dislocating his elbows. Like he's bending down to one side in a handstand and then the other side. I'm like, who is doing this? Just anything to deflect from her hatred from Jake DeBrus. This is what she's doing, our kid. I'm defending him. Who wants to do 30 push-ups? No, nobody. And so, look, Bruins' nice win last night. The the only thing I would say about the game, uh, Swayman was shaky again. That third period was awful. They had 4-1 leads and 5-4 leads. They still needed to go to overtime. McAvoy with just a filthy dangle to win the game. So Bruins win. They seem back on track after a rough homestand. You hope at least they're back on track, right? I think they're right back to being the best team in the NHL by points when you consider games in hand and everything else. They have more points than Vancouver, maybe one fewer point than Vancouver. Vancouver's played one extra game, if memory serves. So they're right back on track. They had a bad homestand, and hopefully they're right back. Here's the problem with the Bruins. They've now lost Lindholm, who's week to week. Grizzlick was lost early in that game. 
maybe part of the reason they had a bad third period. You're playing five defensemen. You're playing young defensemen in that group. Lori had a great night. Who's the other kid they've called up that's playing on the back end who I'm not even familiar with? Parker Wortherspoon. Is that who it is? Yeah, who got in so a like, fight with 94-year-old Corey Perry last So, night. like, you know, they're playing guys like this, and they break down in the third period. Maybe some of it's expected. Should this impact, and will this impact, two different questions, what they're going to do with the trade deadline? I don't think it will impact because I would guess that their plan is to go get a defenseman anyway. Lindholm is week to week, which isn't great. I was just looking up that um, Grizzlick is supposed to be day-to-day, lower body injury. He had to be helped off the ice, so it's not awesome. But I think he's supposed to be slightly better off than Lindholm. I just think your plan should have been this anyway. So, like, does it mean that you double down on that? I don't think it should change your plan. I mean, hopefully it pushes them because I'm not not sure that's their plan. Like, you're very confident the Bruins are going to do something. And that's based on Sweeney's track record, which I think is fair. I just get a real sense from the Bruins they're afraid to do anything after going all in last year at the deadline. And maybe this will be their They're least... They're like afraid to get hurt again. Yeah, their least Stempniak year, their Drew Stafford year. They'll the make first some cut kind is of the deepest. crappy move. Exactly. Or they're, they think, hey, you know, we can lose year. in the first round and not give up a bunch of uh, prospects. Well, they have, it's just the same thing. They have same no outcome. draft picks. They have no draft picks. Yeah, and they so, have no draft capital So I all. get it. I don't care that they have no draft picks. I've been saying this for years. Sweeney blows at the draft. So I don't care that he has no picks. I would rather have him make trades. Use your draft capital. You suck at drafting. So people value those picks. You burn them right, to the ground. But now you're in a situation where you don't have a lot to offer unless you're going to move somebody like a Jake DeBrasse. I know, but how long have we been hearing that about the Bruins and they make massive trades every trade deadline? Like they've been doing it. They do it all the time. Oh, see, I feel like usually the conversation is or the debate is like, oh, you're going to trade all your draft capital. Now the debate is like, what can they do because they've traded all their draft capital? They have capital. future draft capital. <laughs> like here we are. They have a goalie. I mean, how many times do I have to do this? They have a goalie. They have Carlo. Grizzlick was on my list to trade. DeBrusque would be on my list to trade. Why do you hate DeBrusque? So I, I just, I'm not, I'm not uh, pumping him and dumping him like you are over here, but I would move him. Ew. And so, yeah, that's what you're doing. And so I, uh, I look at it. Pushups again? I say they have plenty of opportunity to make trades. And I think they have plenty in their system to make trades. You don't think people would trade for Lori? You don't think people would trade for... Uh, geeky? Uh, no, I don't think Geeky. No. Why am I... Bl- uh, Lee Sell, the other prospect they have down in Providence. Like, people would trade for their prospects. Now, you burn through all your prospect capital and more draft picks, but I would do that. And so the name to watch, and I was reading this the other day. Elliot Friedman talked about it, I think, on his uh, his 30 Thoughts, 32 Thoughts podcast. Uh, he said that North uh, Hannafin, who played at BC, we think the Bruins coveted, in that draft that season when they were trying to move around and manipulate their way up the draft board. He's expected to go to the free agent market this summer, uh, which would put the 27-year-old defenseman right near the top of trade boards. Uh, Flames senior VP of hockey operations, Dave Nonis, has been scouting the Bruins heavily. Hannafin is from Boston. Where's he actually from? He's not from Boston. Uh, he went to Boston College. Hannafin was due to make almost $5 million this year against the cap. He has an eight-team no-trade list. Quote, I think he's a good player and someone will do well in getting him, one NHL executive said. That's the kind of player they should be in on. It's exactly what they did with Lindholm. He's from Norwood. Got it. Get him, pay him, keep him. And the one silver lining with Grizzly, if it's a long-term injury, is all of a sudden you have some wiggle room under the cap. Not a lot. What does he make, three and change? But if you put him on long-term injured reserve, all of a sudden you have some wiggle room under the cap. Do you think they would do that when he's day-to-day? 
Well, he's day to day right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how hurt he is. I mean, they called him day to day. What are they going to sec- do? They're going to call Robin Glazer in with the hammer. <laughs> they called him day to day the second the game ended. I don't know what that means. Like now that he gets tests and everything, how long could he be out for? You agree with me? It didn't look good last night. It didn't look good, but it didn't look as bad as Lindholm. And they need somebody out there. So Lindholm's another one. If he's week to week, you can put him on long-term injured reserve. Now, if he comes back, you're going to have to be cap compliant. But maybe there's a way to make a move in the meantime. Yeah, maybe. And, I mean, Lindholm's the injury didn't really look like anything at the time. Like, he fell down sort of awkwardly. And when he came off the ice, I sort of thought, all right, well, he'll be back out there soon. And that's that's a loss. I mean, that's a, that's a big loss for them. And I don't even think he's played all that well this year. But you only have so many guys. And, you know, defensively, I think this team has some questions they need to answer on the blue line. Charlie McAvoy can't do everything. You know, like, he right can't win he all is. these games for you and do all this stuff all season long. And, by the way, the, the home stretch of this team's schedule is really tough. They got, like, two with Carolina. They they got uh, Tampa Bay. They got two with Florida. Like, there's a lot of reasons why you should be trying to load up here before you get down to that part of the sure, season. Sure, but they just beat Vancouver. They just beat Dallas. They just beat Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, and they also beat... just lost five in a row. So okay, I'm mean... saying, but like, you're worried about the good. They've beat most of the good teams, even in a rough stretch for them. It's they've true. beaten a lot of good teams. Twitch chat is saying they can't afford them. Of course they can afford them. I just explained how with long term injured reserve, but if you send out cash, you can bring. He only makes four and change against the cap. That's not that hard to manipulate. Five million dollars, trade all mark, boom, you, done. You can basically do that with DeBrusque. Yeah, and a little exactly. More no, another, another one. So like, there's there's plenty of options to get him under the. Ca- don't don't let them tell you they don't have cash space. That's not right. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. You can jump in here on Jones and Mego with Arkham. What should the Bruins do at the trade deadline? Is there added urgency based on some of the bodies they've lost? Lindholm and Grizzlick. Never mind how they played on the last homestand. You can jump in on that. Uh, let's get back to the quarterback. Someone on this show. Pretty much all of us uh, are, are hell-bent on getting a quarterback. Arkan doesn't like these quarterbacks specifically, but long-term for the Patriots, we're all hell-bent on getting a quarterback. Uh, but one of us, at least one of us, would not trade up to number one. Uh, let's explain and delve into that. That's next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 